All right, I feel like it's been forever since we've done a podcast. I've been in Wyoming for two months. It was amazing. I actually dreaded leaving. And then I got here, and it was hot, and I'm sweating outside, and I'm still dreading the fact that I actually left. But it's football season. So it's, it is good to be back to be a part of football season. It was fun. It's fun with the kids out there. It's fun being in God's country. It's amazing to me to be in Wyoming to get to do whatever you want to do. Like you want to go up in the mountains and ride razors around? You're not asking anybody for permission. You want to go fishing? Yeah, just go fishing wherever you want to go fishing. And you know what? There's nobody else out there. So it's, uh, it's home. It feels like home more and more as I go back and, and spend time there. And it's just, uh, it's just a good place to be. But I wasn't out of the loop. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, <laughs> you go back to Wyoming and you're entirely out of the loop. But the Internet has changed things so, so completely and entirely that you can follow along with the Redskins. I, I'm watching practice on my surface. Technology. Which is nice now that I'm a... An employee of the Redskins, full access to practice <laughs> and what they're going on. And um, yeah, you're keeping up with the team and keeping up with everything that's going on. And you no, know, it, was, it was this was funny. I was planning on coming back a few days earlier, and uh, my car broke down in Wyoming. My oh, mom gosh. actually was out there for a week. She drove it. She drove it to Casper, Wyoming, which is like three and a half hours away. It's an Audi. It's only three years old. There's a lease on it that I have. So it broke down in Casper. And there is no Audi dealerships in Wyoming, not a single one. So what'd you guys have to do? So it had to be shipped to Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Audi Roadside covers that. So the Audi Roadside Assistance covers that. It goes to Fort Collins, Colorado. It was there a few days. It was hysterical. The guy called me and said, so what, what did you think is exactly going on here? I'm like, bro, I don't know. I am not a mechanic. I have no clue what the problem is. My mom was driving it. It's... Just broke down. The, car, the car's never been driven hard. It doesn't have that many miles on it. I can't imagine. So what'd they say? Did they say? So, so this is like three weeks before I have to leave. Three, mm -hmm. three, three and a half weeks before I have to leave. I'm assuming all is going to be fine. So he calls me in, in a couple days and he says, I got my, my main guy on it. He's been an Audi technician for 30 years. And he got two blown turbochargers. Don't ask me if I know what that means, but yeah, it's I was a ask. apparently it's a, it's a big deal. All right. <laughs> so it, we're going to work hard on it. So I, a week and a half goes by, and I'm sitting here going, I, I probably need this car back. I'd driven the car out there was the, was the key thing of, of why I needed it back. Now, I had another truck that I could have driven home or I could have flown home. Things, things would have worked out. I would have made Cleveland yeah. to, to call the game. But I start talking to him, and I'm saying, look, I really need this car back by the 4th of August. Like, really need it back by the 4th. The game's the 8th. I would love it back by the 4th. I could leave the 5th, spend a day, drive. It's a long way. It's 1,600 miles to Cleveland. It's crazy. <laughs> and you do that by so yourself? he calls me the 5th or the 4th, and he says, okay, the car's done. You can come pick it up. Fort Collins, Colorado is eight hours away from me. I said, I, I can't really come pick the car up. So the, the guy, Ryan and Audi in, in Colorado was amazing, amazing. So we go through this whole cycle of things. Audi Roadside takes your car to the shop, but they don't, what they call, reunite you with your car. <laughs> oh, that's out of the equation. 
we call this towing company. It's 1900 bucks to tow it the next day to get it there. And I said, well, that's out of the equation. Jeez. So then I'm calling out. I'm like, you got to let me out of this lease. Like, I, just leave it in Colorado. I got three yeah. months left, four months left on the lease. Just let me out of the lease. We'll leave it in Colorado. Everything will be good. We'll move on. Uh, no, you got to call Audi Financial for that. There's like seven branches of Audi for every <laughs> different thing that you have to call. They own the lease, so they're the ones that make that choice. That's so crazy. It gets to the last minute. Like, I'm looking at flights, and I went, I, I went and changed the oil in my truck. I changed it, too, by the way. It's actually All not right. that hard to change your own oil. Just YouTube it, unscrew the thing underneath, drain it. Filters are pretty easy to find. Got the oil all changed. I'm starting to load up my truck on the 5th because I, I really got to leave. Like The game is the 8th. I had to leave the 7th. So I get everything done, and the guy calls me. He's like, I found these two old dudes. They used to work for Audi forever. I'll get your car to you tomorrow. It's free. All right. Like, okay. <laughs> is there anything I need to do? Nope. Took care of it. Hooked me up. So my car got back the 6th, the afternoon of the 6th. I loaded all the stuff out of the truck, packed it up in the car. I said, I'll leave first thing in the morning. I feel like something happened. Nope. Nothing happened. It was 22, clear sailing? Out, 22 hours later, 10 o'clock Cleveland time, I was in Cleveland. Exhausted. Wow. <laughs> I drove straight through the night. I drove the entire way. I, um, I, I, I saved enough time that if I, if I felt like I had to stop, that I could stop somewhere for two or three hours, four hours, and sleep on the side of the road. Oof. That's that. That thing's all good. Like most guys that understand, they're like, "Yeah, you you can make it. It's hard. It sucks." My I mom's think. like, "You better stop." Yeah. <laughs> My wife knows me well enough to know, like, he's fine. He'll be fine. He's gonna make it. He's gonna drink forty-seven Red Bulls <laughs> and roll through the night. So I did. I made it to Cleveland. Slept a couple hours. Went to the game. Everyone there said, you looked like you had a rough night. I said, not in the way you would expect a rough night to be, but yes, I had a long night. I actually only stopped three times for gas. Three stops. Wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? I was yeah. amazed. You, I, like, I filled that car up, and it, it rolled. It was, there were 600 miles when you filled up with the tank. Wow. This was really interesting, though. When I drove it out, because I'm weird about this stuff, like I'm sitting there, it monitors all your miles per gallon and your average speed like the average speed was really important to me i'm like oh yeah got up to average 74 miles an hour here we go and i'm like doing the calculation like how many miles do i have to drive at 80 to get to 75 but the average miles per gallon was 21 on the way out and it is slightly uphill up to wyoming but not really it was 29.5 on the way back so something the turbochargers were doing very different on the way back versus on the way out and i made it to cleveland and I'm back from Wyoming, and I'm back at Redskins Park, which means we will be doing this podcast again. Uh, I, this isn't going to be crazy long today as we get ready for the second preseason game. Uh, just my thoughts on the first preseason game really quickly, as, as well as kind of my thoughts on, on Haskins, which I think is the most important thing, is that I think there was a lot of concern over the last week that the Redskins, they, man, they laid an egg. They looked like garbage out there. Yet they didn't look very good. But it was a practice game, and they didn't start any of their starters. None of them. Yeah, not one. Not a single one. I thought that was fascinating, and I want to start with that. Because in my opinion, now, now don't get me wrong. When I played in the preseason, and I played in an era where you played as a starter, and especially with Joe Gibbs you played, I'm not saying good, not, that it's not good for those guys. I would have been so happy 
had I not had to play in those preseason games. But I think there's a couple things that goes into this. Like one, and, and, and to me, first and foremost, your first team sets a standard for the work that you've put in over the last really four or five months. Go back to OTAs, everything that has been installed, everything that's been worked with, with all of the new guys. It's a first game, and especially the young players look at it like it's a real game. You set yeah. a standard with your first team. And, and so, to me, what the Browns came out and did on their first drive where they went no huddle, boom, 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 down the field, Man Manziel. Baker Mayfield looked really good. I still get those guys mixed up. <laughs> I think they set a standard for what that offense is. They can be an up-to-up offense. They can make some plays. And the young guys look at it and say, this is what we want to be. This is what we should look like. This is what we've been being coached to look like. You can't do that without having your first team in. It's almost impossible, especially if the other team is playing their starters for the first couple series. Your twos are not going to look very good against their ones. Right. I'm sorry, but right now, Zach Kieran is not going to look good against Cleveland's ones. Timon Parrish is going to struggle against Cleveland's ones. Jerron Christian's going to struggle against their ones. It's just that's how it's going to be. Those guys aren't necessarily ready to play against those guys' ones. And you know, whether it's fair or not, it's, it's the truth. And most of the times in training camp practices, your ones are going against your ones. And you're in a set series of plays, and then your twos are going against your twos. They're just not playing at that level at this point in time. You want your twos to be able to fill in if you have to put one or two of them in a game. But I think you set a standard with your ones. And so for me, it would be very important for you to play your ones in the first game. Look, every, it's common in the NFL that guys aren't playing in the first game. But not, it's not common that none of your guys are playing in the first game. The Redskins yeah. played almost nobody in that yeah. game against Cleveland. Almost nobody. Two, you set a sense of entitlement and you set a sense of betterment to those players that didn't have to dress or didn't have to play. And to some extent, a lot of these guys have earned the right to not play. And, and to me, a lot of it is veteran status and leadership on your team. You know, to me, guys like Ryan Kerrigan, I don't care if he plays. I know exactly what I'm getting out of Ryan. Everyone knows what you're getting out of Ryan. I don't care if he plays. John Allen's a leader on this team. He's set a standard for what he is as a player. I don't care if he plays. You take it in the D-line, though, and, and you know, John Payne had a great rookie year. But John Payne isn't at that level where he deserves to not play. But furthermore, guys like Monty Nicholson should have played in this game. They just should have. Th those are the types of guys that still are establishing themselves, or if there's any form of position battle, those guys have to play in the first game. It, I just feel like... As a group of young players, you look at it and go, wow, is he that good? Is he that there? That right he doesn't now? like need to. So, I mean, and we'll go through it. Like, Adrian Peterson, don't care. I don't think he went to the game. Do not care. Adrian Peterson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson came into the fourth preseason game last year, was ready to roll. I don't care what I get out of AP. <laughs> and if anyone has any question, you look around and say, do you know who that is? If you can look around and say, do you know who that is? That, that dude, you know who he is. He doesn't need to play. Vernon Davis, been in this league forever. You know what you're getting out of Vernon Davis? Doesn't need to play. Terry McLaurin probably could have played more than one play in that game. So I think you get my point. And I know that that was Jay's strategy, and it'll prove to be right or wrong. I don't think it necessarily makes the difference of a fast start or not a fast start as you get to week one. But I think it sets somewhat of a culture and a standard for your team. And I think you establish this is what we want to be in the first game. And this is what we've strived to be. So that's where we're at with that. I'm not going to rehash a ton of the first game. Um, 
I did want to go into Dwayne Haskins just a little bit. I thought Dwayne, I thought Dwayne looked pretty good. I'll start with a couple of negatives from, from Haskins' game that everyone understands. The first interception that he threw, that ended up being a pick six to the rookie linebacker out of uh, Alabama. You look, they had the running back coming out on a wheel, what they call a rail route out of the backfield, and they had a slant in front of it. The backer goes under the slant, you can throw that ball. The backer did go under the slant. Haskins threw it off his back foot a little bit and maybe didn't get the angle just right, but it isn't the wrong read. It isn't a poor decision. He could have eaten that ball, and he could have seen that the angle wasn't there, but the coverage didn't say don't throw that ball. The coverage, in fact, said do throw that ball. So don't mind Dwayne's first pick. I would like the ball to be thrown out a little bit further, but again, he'll learn in that situation, and he'll learn with the backs that he's working with. In that case, it was Marshall. The second interception is I don't know what the hell he was doing interception. <laughs> and, and so they have four vertical routes going down the field, two on either side. The Browns are in what you call cover three, safety in the middle, corners on both outsides playing the deep thirds, and, and, and the backers carrying both of the inside routes, the inside vertical routes. The backer was carrying Flanagan. He was trying to force a ball into Flanagan. Mm -hmm. The corner was falling off the receiver on the other side, and the safety was right there, and he didn't look the safety off or look anybody off anyways. He was trying to make a big-time throw. It didn't work. I loved it. That's how he learns. That is how you learn as a quarterback. He will not make that mistake again on that particular coverage in that particular play because he actually saw it. It's a practice. Right. If you don't look at it like a practice, then you're not going to grow. Like you could have stopped and thrown a check down there. It's a great learning experience to not do that. There were a lot of things that he needed to clean up on that play. But that was awesome. In my opinion, that was awesome for him to have experienced that situation. You know, and other than that, you look at a couple things, and I say you could use his eyes to hold safeties better throughout the entire game and, you know, work a little bit better in the pocket. But there was a collapsing pocket around him the entire game or the entire time that he was in the game. He struggled. His backs missed a couple pickups. You know, he had a sack late in the game. His back just didn't block this blitzing safety coming out of the backfield. He, it's not him. Yep. You know? So I think you got to clean up some of the protection around him. But, but that said, man. He showed an amazing arm. Look at the first throw, rolling yeah. right, which is really impressive. That first throw to kids, he was like it was nothing to him. Yeah. And it, and it was on timing and rhythm, and it was big time. He had a big time third down throw to Kidsey where he threw it behind in a man to man coverage. Kidsy crossing the field, threw it behind the lurking backer, did a great job timing and anticipating that throw and makes a huge throw to Kidsey that's huge. Did you think he looked comfortable or? I thought he looked incredibly comfortable. I did. I did think he looked comfortable. I, I was. I was impressed, man. Um, I was impressed late in the game. One of the things that impressed me a lot was a third down and eleven. I think they were around the twenty-yard line going into score. They ended up kicking a field goal. He stepped up in the pocket. It's a seven-man protection. It doesn't get picked up just right. Gets pressured as he's trying to step up, do the right thing. Has to roll out. He's forced to roll to his left, and he still ends up flipping one downfield to Sims and the right there in the corner of the end zone and Sims can't come down with it. That's a that's how you survive in the NFL is, is you make those plays as the pocket break, breaks down. You get out of the pocket and you give your receiver a chance to make a play. So that was another throw that I liked. I thought he showed athleticism, uh, a, a good read option run, a couple good scrambles. Yeah. I'm not in this he's not athletic mindset because he ran a 5-140. I wasn't 
as I evaluated all of his stuff from last year, if you go look back at Ohio State late in the year, he scrambled a bunch. And it wasn't because he had to scramble. They were necessity scrambles. And he's able to make quick decisions and get downfield. I thought he was fine. He missed a couple things, but and he had a couple sacks. But to me, he looked comfortable. I think he, he's going to learn and grow a lot from that game. He wasn't given a ton on his plate in terms of things he had to do. You know, they had a few concepts that they worked with against coverages that he had never seen. And to me, I was, I was pretty impressed with Dwayne. I'm more impressed watching it on tape after the fact than I was watching it in the game. I thought through the game, he struggled a little bit. And I talked to Dwayne for a little bit after the game. And I think he was, I wouldn't call him upset, but I think he wished he would have played a little bit better in his first game. And, you know, you say it's practice. So as you get further, you know, you really, I really want to look at this quarterback situation because I, th I think it's really, really interesting what you're going to do with three quarterbacks right now. I am not in the camp of Dwayne in an ideal world sits all of year one. Really? I just don't buy that. If Dwayne isn't ready to play football, and he is based on the way he looked in that last game, might not be ready week one, then he's going to play. And the more I think about it, the more I think about the timeline for Dwayne to play. Like, I don't think he should play week one, and, and this is why. Week one initiates an entire new install with a complete in-depth study of the defense that you're playing against. There's a lot that a quarterback who's never done that has to go through. I think week one and week two, Dwayne needs to go through that with Case or Colt or whoever it is and act like he's preparing to start. Come in, spend the exact same amount of time that any starter would spend get ready, understand how offense is installed week in and week out, why plays go in, how a quarterback is going to go back to his coach and say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is why, this is how, and get a feel for not just calling the plays in the huddle, not just making the checks at the line, but the installation of an entire week. I, I think it's really tough for a young quarterback to go through that entire process in his first game and have all of that on his plate. So to me, if he's ready enough to play right now, He's playing week three. Week three. He's playing in week three. Yeah. I'm, I'm in this camp of give him two weeks of installation. The first week's going to be a whirlwind. It, it, it is. It was for me. It is for every rookie, and I wasn't a quarterback. It is for, you've installed this entire language and this entire offense, and then you get to week one, and you're like, wow, look at all this new stuff that we haven't run. It fits our verbiage, and when you say it, it tells everyone what to do and where to go, but we haven't been going there very often. It's game planning. Mm-hmm. Give him week one, week two to understand how he game plans. And to me, his timeline's week three. I also like having his timeline at week three because then you don't put any pressure. And I like making that clear. Like, Dwayne's going to play in week three unless he can't, unless we get into Wednesday, Thursday practice and he can't handle it. He's going to play in week three. Then it doesn't put any pressure on a coaching staff to say, wow, Colt McCoy got you to four and one. Now what are you going to do? Wow, Case Keenum did a really good job managing the game and, and you're – you know, two and two through four games. What do you do? There's just no question. You make it a decision at this point when Dwayne's going to start and what his timeline's going to be. You're not going to find out anything more about Dwayne Haskins in week one and week two and week three, four, if he doesn't play. You already know by the time you get to preseason. So the timeline should be set. And I also, as I, the more I thought about it, have said over and over, I think it takes pressure off of Dwayne Haskins to go in in week six and for the team to be one and five and you don't have anything to, or one and four and you don't have any, 
anything to lose. I don't like that at all. I like having something there. The more I think about it, for him to gain, him to gain the leadership, the respect of his teammates, him to gain the experience of what it matters when it matters. I think he should be ready early. And you drafted this kid to be your franchise quarterback. You need to find out if he's your franchise quarterback and you need to get him on the path of being your franchise quarterback. And then it's on Jay and it's on Kevin O'Connell and, and whoever else is involved in that offense to make him comfortable and do the things that he does best. But right now, to me, it looks like he can protect himself, which means to me he can survive in an NFL world. And now can he start making the plays and making the throws? That's it. I'm ready for Dwayne to play. Week two, wow. week three. But I, I would give him a couple weeks just because of all that would be new in those first couple weeks that he will not have experienced right. through training camp. The, really, the only real install week they'll have that is similar is, is the third preseason game. As far as Coulter Case, it makes it really interesting because if you set a precedent that uh, Dwayne would be your starter in week three, which is what I would do, you are in a position where you can keep two quarterbacks again. So now you know who's your starter in week one tomorrow. I would decide who's my starter in week one, and I would decide who's the best backup for this team, and I would make that decision as soon as I possibly could. And if you really wanted to keep three, then that's a different world. It flips if you decide that there is no necessary timeline for Dwayne. It's just whenever the time's right, because then you're saying, well, Colts are starter. We like that, but we don't know if Colt's healthy, so Case has to be here. So now you have Case and Colt and Dwayne, you have three quarterbacks. It's not the end of the world to keep all three quarterbacks, but Jay hasn't done it, and this would give Jay an easy out to keep two quarterbacks is to say Dwayne's going to play in week three. Wow. You also might get value out of Case Keenum. I'm not saying it's a high value, but there's a potential that you could trade Case as this preseason started going forward. Like, for example, Andrew Luck might not even play in week one because he's dealing with what was a calf strain and now is a high ankle sprain, he will not play this preseason. Case Keenum would be a good option for a team like the Colts, not only as a starter, but you know to be on that roster if Andrew Luck wasn't potentially going to be healthy. You're not getting a boatload of value out of it, but you could get some. Uh, the rest of the preseason, and as far as game one, is a move forward. I liked, uh, I liked Kidzy a lot. Yeah, I do I thought too. he showed a real burst. I thought he made a couple big time catches in traffic. Speaking of one of them, we didn't talk about that, that throw that Dwayne made to Kidzy down the sideline that Kidzy ended up fumbling. Mm -hmm. I didn't love that he made that throw, but he has the arm strength to make that throw, which is incredibly impressive. He could have held the safety a little bit longer or he could have checked it down, but he made the throw and it got there. And there's so many times where I was told as a player, that's not what I like. But if you do it, you better make a play. <laughs> okay, I'll make a play. And he made a play. Yeah, he did. I mean, other than the fumble, I, I didn't, I, I didn't love from Kidzy, but he's downfield, and that, you know, it's the first preseason game. You haven't been hit. You haven't been tackled. You got to work on ball security. He hasn't been hit and been tackled since college. Really, he didn't play very much last year. So that's a good opportunity for a young player in the preseason. Um, so I, I really liked Kidzy. One of my favorite Kidzy plays of the game was a very subtle one. He got a five-yard out route, press coverage. He subtly speed changed after two steps and then re-accelerated on a five-step out route. That is veteran stuff right there. And Dwayne put it on him, and it was an awesome throw and an awesome play. I love that. I thought he was fearless going up to get the ball when he had to get the ball in traffic. I thought he showed good hands. I thought he showed a ton of poise. And I thought he showed good run after the catch. So, Kidzy, I liked a lot in that game. I liked to see Robert Davis, you know, 
Robert Davis on that P.I. Robert Davis did a really good job pushing outside at the corner to then push him off to get to the post to get high to the middle of the field. That was a big-time play by Davis. The touchdown was a nothing play. It was a blown coverage. They were in, I think they were probably in cover two, and the safety came down and played cover three. There was no one there. I don't. That's nothing. Good, good on Colt or Case for seeing it, but that was really nothing. Um, on offense, I loved Wes Martin. Loved him. I thought he was terrific. Wes Martin is your starting left guard. If he's not, I'll be aghast. <laughs> <laughs> you have some questions at left tackle. Donald Penn just got here. Jerron Christian showed more confidence as the game went on. He looked sluggish early, but I thought he looked better as the game went on. And then as far as the rest of the offensive line, I thought you struggled completely. So it's time to see Morgan Moses and Brandon Sheriff and the rest of them. But I, I see this offensive line being Penn Martin, your center from Wyoming, I know his name, but it's not coming to me off the top of my head, so I feel like a dope. Chase Ruye? Yeah, Ruye. <laughs> and then, you know, Moses. Sheriff and, and, and Morgan Moses. I want to see Dwayne play with those guys. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think if, if I were right on my timeline, I want to see Dwayne play with the starters right now. He's going to be the starter for the season. He may as well be with the starters in the preseason. I, I, I don't care what kind of precedent that sets. If Colts your starter in week one, he it doesn't matter who he works with. He just needs to make a couple throws. He'd be fine with these guys. Um, as far as offensively, you know, what I would like to see, I'd like to see all the receivers get more work. I'd like to see McLaurin get a bunch more work. I'd like to see Kelvin Harmon, who didn't play a lot until late in the game, yeah. get more work. I'd like to see Robert Davis and Cam Sims get more work. You, you, I think you got an idea of what Doxon is, but there's no reason that he doesn't play. He, he needs to be out there playing. I'd love to see Darius Geis play if he's healthy. I, I, to me, none of the backs really showed the ability to be a, a burst starter, a big-time starter. Um, so I would like right now to see what Darius Geis really is. I know that everyone loved, loved Craig Reynolds. I thought Craig Reynolds was okay. He did blow that one. Protection, though, gets quarterback sacked. Um, but I don't need to see more P. Ryan, Craig Reynolds, Byron Marshall, Sean Wilson. I, I want to see Geis. I do. You're going to see yeah. the other backs because I don't need to see a boatload of, of guys, but I want to see more guys, and, and, and I think that's as easy as it gets. And, and I'd like to see Jordan in there a little bit. Everyone's talked about how healthy Jordan is and his burst back, and it is. I've seen him. I've watched him practice. It is, but I'd like to see him in there for a period of time with, with Dwayne so Dwayne gets a feel for what Jordan's doing. You saw throughout the game offensively when receivers ran – option or choice routes that the quarterback wasn't in rhythm and timing. Yep. Wasn't there. I'd like to see a little bit more Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn struggled against press coverage in the first game. I'd like to see him separate a little bit from press coverage and get himself down the field. So offensively, you know, again, a lot more Dwayne is what I want to see. And I want to see a lot more Dwayne with the starters. I want to see Darius guys play a little bit more. And you have to have your starting offensive line is in. I want to see some actual time in the pocket without blown protections or without immediate losses at the line of scrimmage where you have immediate pressure in his face. Defensively against the Bengals. I, again, it's back to the standard of what you set. So I'd like to see two series with the big three of Alan Payne, Ioannidis. I know what they're going to provide, though. Yeah. I think everyone knows what they're going to provide, but I'd still like to see them play a little bit. 
I would love to see more inside backer play. I think that was where they struggled a lot on defense, and that was across the board throughout the entire entire game. You know, Sean Dion, I didn't think looked incredibly comfortable. Bostic, not incredibly comfortable. Let's find out what Harvey Clemens and Holcomb can do more so. Yeah. Because even with the two that I first mentioned, your two starters, there's a really good chance that you got other guys that are going to come and play this season. It hurt to have Reuben Foster go down. It, it, Big it time. hurt to have Reuben Foster go down. That that's that's no a no question situation. I got to see the safeties play. I, I I'm Monte's got to play and he's got to play a bunch. And to me, more so than offense, defense has got to play a little bit more and especially at some of those safety positions. Like, there there are so many times in preseason and as you get through things that safeties look good because they don't have to tackle and they don't have to really come up and attack the ball. Like, how many times I, I'd catch a ball in practice, be running down this field, and safety would undercut you, like, boom, I would have blown you up. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see that. Yeah. We'll see if you're going to do that. I don't know. Now, I don't necessarily care if Landon Collins plays, because I know who Landon Collins is, and everyone does. That's kind of along the pain, Allen, Ioannidis line. But the rest of them got to play. You, I mean, I got to see Monte. I want to see a lot more DeShazer. I like DeShazer in the first yeah. game. He's grown over the first three years. He has big time. In that first game, I loved Tim Settle. I thought Settle played really good. I liked the kid B. I thought B played okay in the first game. I think you're pretty secure with interior line. I want to see Montez Sweat. Is he the game changer on defense? If Montez Sweat is one of the five dynamic pass rushers in the league in two years or three years, he'll be in the 10 this year. Is he twitchy? Is he up the field? Is he disruptive? Does he make people scared? We should know right now. But I want to see it in real life. So I want to see Montez Sweat play and play a, you know, more than a couple series. I want to see him in, even if it's in pastor situations into the second quarter, I think it would be good for him. All these young players, they have this preseason to go back on. They need it. I just want to see the, the starters play a little bit. So I was going to ask you, how much do you think we will see against the Bengals of the starters? I, I, I would guess, based on Jay's history, that you're going to see the starters for two series, if not three series. I would bet that Colt would play with the starters for the two series. I'd bet that it's not going to be exactly what I want to see. But that's what they're going to do. <laughs> it's football, but it's still practice. And that's the last thing I'd, I'd like to leave on, on that note is, if you can't look at these preseason games like they are practice, then you're wrong. This isn't a heavily game plan game. This isn't a strategy game. This is go out and find out individually. Oh, and I'd be, I'd be wrong if I didn't mention before I go, I love Jimmy Moreland. Everyone knows I love Jimmy Moreland. I've loved Jimmy Moreland college. I thought he played his guts out. He gave up a couple, but I want to see more Jimmy Moreland. And I'm staying with the fact that I think Jimmy Moreland's on the field a lot in week one. If he's not a starter, I think he's on the field a lot in week one. This defense is going to be good. Let's see the starters. Let's see them play. They're going to need to be good this season because you're so unknown on offense, and there's still questions at the quarterback position. How nice would it be if this defense is a top 10 defense for real, for real? They haven't been in a long, long time, and you gave Dwayne Haskins a chance to win games 20 to 17. That would be awesome because then he's really going to grow. I'm excited about the game tonight. I'll miss my friend Sonny Jurgensen. I'll miss him being in the booth. Love that man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Talk to you Friday. Have you heard about Creighton Farms, the private club community that's home to the Redskins? Creighton Farms is just 20 minutes from Dulles, but a world away. 
On top of its award-winning Jack Nicholas signature golf course, pools, tennis courts, and other resort-style amenities, you'll find custom homes and villas that are simply extraordinary, starting at $1.5 million. For property and legal information, visit CreightonFarms.com or, better yet, visit Creighton Farms. If you have atrial fibrillation, you know it can be difficult to treat successfully. And Nova Heart and Vascular Institute in Fairfax is a leader in AFib treatment using specialized technology and expertise. This helps to more precisely target and treat rhythm irregularities that others could miss, helping to restore your heartbeat to normal. Give your heart the benefit of care. Visit innovaheart.org slash AFib to learn more and to find an Innova physician. Innova, join the future of health. Gearing up for game day? Your local Safeway has everything you need for the perfect tailgating or home gating party. Pick up all your favorites like wings, chips and dips, brats, burgers, beverages, and pizza. Stop by the deli to pick up fresh fried chicken or the produce department for a variety of party trays. Head on over to your local Safeway and pick up everyone's favorites. Safeway, the official supermarket of the Washington Redskins. Are uninvited pests ruining your plans? Let PMSI, the pest control partner of the Washington Redskins, handle it for you. Call today for your free inspection, and they'll work around your schedule to provide you the best solution possible to defend your home territory against pests of all kinds, including mold. Visit mypmsi.com for the game plan to control the pests on your home turf. That's mypmsi.com. 